0: Bit different. I was trying to push it along a little bit because um, uh, I want to give a, a few minutes tonight to uh, Brother Angelo. Uh, Brother Angelo was, uh, I was kind of working on some things this afternoon, but he told a, a story and illustration that, uh, uh, well not an illustration, but a story about his life and in, in something that I, I just felt like uh, you needed to be a blessing to hear and to be good to hear. And it honestly would kind of go along with what I'm going to speak on tonight. And so um uh, he's going to come on up again, um, Brother Angelo Davenport. We met each other a long time ago. I think is uh, he started school about the same time I did back in '82, uh, back at college, and and then uh, was involved in athletics and different things uh, that where we crossed paths. And uh, I was always very kind to him. And uh, <laughs> isn't that the truth, Brother Angelo? Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this is, uh, this is a, a, a genuine Christian man, got a great family and a great wife, and they serve the Lord and just have a heart for God. Uh, but I just want you to know that it wasn't always easy. It hasn't always been easy. And he's had to go through a lot to get uh, that, to be faithful to God. And I just want you to hear his testimony. Brother Angelo, come on up here, let's hear from Brother yeah. Angelo. Amen. Thank. You. Uh, what that handshake, man? Well,
1: I was kind of scared of doing that. He might knock me down. If you don't mind me saying, we, uh, we did we met in '82, and uh, Brother Hooker is a rough old guy, man. He uh, played football together. And I'm a big guy and uh, Brother Hooker didn't seem to care about all that. (laughs) He was concerned about knocking your block off, hey man. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I came to college in 1982 to Howells Anderson College. I had just gotten saved. Uh, It was tough for me. Uh, My dad had disowned me when I decided to come to college. He told me if I come to college, I came to college, my dad said he didn't want to have anything else to do with me, and uh, he wasn't into religion, he hated religion, he hated church, hated God. Um, my mom was fine with it, and I decided to come anyway, because when we were 18, my dad kicked us out of the house anyway. So uh, I told Dad, "Well, you know, I don't know why you feel that way. I'm leaving anyhow." So I came to House Anderson College, when I stepped on that campus, I promised God I'd finish school and uh, I went through a series of things. It was tough. I had just gotten saved, didn't know all the rules, and just couldn't kind of gel with everything that was going on, but uh, <clears throat> I hung in there, and that's where I met uh, Brother Hooker, uh, who back then was just such a gracious man, and I'm not saying that because he's here, and he's a pastor here, but was a very uh, real kind gentleman, and, uh, and worked with a lot of people, and I, I know in my own heart, I, I can appreciate that just like today, they uh, just real kind and uh, brought us over to their house and had a nice meal. <laughs> we talked and shared a bunch of stories and I cried like a big baby, I'm a big baby. But uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't want to belabor you, but uh, we were just talking about a series of things that uh, we went through at college and what have you. And um, you know, it's been tough, honest, it's been hard. I feel like a piece of pepper in a pool full of salt all my life. You guys didn't get that one, did you? <laughs> but. Uh, you know, going to First Baptist, it wasn't many of our people there, black people there. You know, it's not a color thing, by the way. Uh, it's not a skin problem. It's a sin problem, amen? amen. amen. But, uh, you know, um, we, um, you know it, was, it was tough, and I had to get used to everything, and, uh, but I stuck it out. And, uh, you know, there's times, there's a lot of times I just wanted to quit and just give up. Uh, but again, like I said, I just promised God I'd finish, I'd keep going. And I, I can't give you any magic solution about the Christian life, all I know is that you just keep going. Amen. Uh, there's going to be some hard knocks. There's going to be some hard times. Uh, you're going to go through some things. and uh, But by you going through those things, you can get bitter or you can get better. Yes, Amen? Right. You on. know, a lot of times we get bitter from it and we get mad at God when God's trying to teach you and I a lesson yes, to help us to be better and make us stronger. Yeah. You know, God never promised us a bed of roses, and uh, it's going to be tough sometime. I think Paul laughs sometimes at what some of the little uh, stuff that we've gone through compared to what he's gone through, you know, but uh, I just want to get to the main thing. Um, Because I've stuck it out, uh, you know, my my dad, I told you he had disowned me and didn't want to have anything to do with me. Uh, My mom was bitter. She's in a wheelchair, and thank God they're both still alive. Dad's 88, my mom's 84, and I go see them. We have a, a horrible... Um, my sisters and brothers just really don't care about the things of God like they were, but uh, I got a phone call from my dad, and I, I want to say this: I'm glad I stuck it out. Yes, sir. Amen. You know, a lot of times it's 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 easy to quit. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. And it takes a lot more faith to just say, you know what, I'm going to trust God. That's I, that, that's why we're Christians: to trust Amen. God. Amen. You know, just trust God and give him a chance in our lives. And I, it's easy to quit. But I said, you know what, I'm just going to keep on going. I'm going to show my dad that I can make it. And um, through a series of, you know, as the years pass, I've gone home to visit on occasion. He didn't want to hear about it. He'd never go to church with me. Well, one day, my dad was a, a master sergeant in the Navy. I think it was an E-9. He was in the military for about 29 years. And uh, one of his Navy buddies uh, found him. Uh, through the directory on the telephone, you know if you go through there and put somebody 's name in or Google their name, you can find them and it happened to find a number, the number was in there and uh <coughs> he called my dad and was uh reluctant to get a hold of my dad and start conversating with him. Well, he started talking to my dad about getting saved, and uh he went over the gospel with my dad he called me and uh, my dad gave him my number. Later on, he called me and said, I, you know, uh, Angelo, I'm so-and-so. I talked to your dad about getting saved. Uh, did he say anything to you? And I said, well, he called me and he said, uh, I thought something was wrong. And he said, son, what is this save stuff? And I said, dad, what are you talking about? And he said, well, one of my Navy buddies called me and started talking to me about the Lord. And, you know, black people say the Lord, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> We we say the Lord, y'all say the Lord. We say the Lord, you know. And uh, so uh, he was uh, he was saying he talked to me about the Lord, and I uh, I said so, Dad, what happened? He said, Well, he was telling me about uh, how to go to heaven and this and that and this and that. And I said, Well, Dad, what'd you do? He said, Well, I did what he told me to do, son. You know, he, I said. Uh, he said, I asked the Lord to come in my heart, and uh, I said. <laughs> I said, Dad, did you mean that? And he said, Well, I think so, son. He said, I feel better. I said, Well, we don't base it on that, Dad. You know. So I went through. I went through it with him again, and uh, uh, sure enough, after thirty-something years, um, man, I feel Amen. like a booger right there or something. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. Get <laughs> I add this real quick? Uh, you could you, you pick your friends and you can pick a booger, but you can't wipe your friends on the couch. Amen? <laughs> but, uh, but uh sorry about that. <laughs> you got some tissue? <laughs> you? I, mean, uh, I like what they said on the bus route. Time out.
0: <laughs>
1: Man, that's a big one. <laughs> Anybody got ketchup? <laughs> You know, it feels good to see some of y'all laugh. Some of you come in here and look like a dead bump on a log or something, can't smile. Look like you've been chewing on sour pickles all day. Somebody help me now. Come on, now. But uh, my dad got saved, and um, I was so excited. And, um, you know, my dad's a different man now, honest. Uh, He's still rough under the collar, but my dad never, never talked about the Lord. Never thank God for another day, never anything with God. If you called him now, if I called him now and talked to him over this, he'd start talking about God. And uh, uh, I'm very right. You say, well, did he really mean it? I want to find out, did you really mean it? Come on. You know, everybody says, well, did he really mean it? Did you? You know, just because we don't see signs right away, I mean, that doesn't mean a person didn't mean it. You know, it takes time, amen? Just like a baby growing up, it takes time. But it didn't didn't stop there. Um, I got, when I was in college, I wanted to share this also. Uh, His mother, my dad's mom, I I was real close to her and I talked to her on the phone. And uh, Grandma was 94 years old and I I just, off the cuff, asked Grandma, I said, Grandma, uh, if if you died today, you know for sure you go to heaven. And she said, Baby, don't nobody knows that. I said, Grandma, are you serious? I said, Grandma, you've been in church all your life. You've been in church over 50 years, and you don't know how to go to heaven? She said, ain't nothing like that, boy. You know, they always call her that boy, you know. And I said, Grandma, you got a Bible? She said, well, well, hold on, honey, let me go get it. She went and got a Bible, and I said, I'm going to show you how to go to heaven. Well, I can't show her over there, you know. I could tell her over the phone, but I can't show her. uh, And so she said, okay, and we went through the verses, And uh, we got to the part about asking Christ to come in her heart. She said, baby, she started crying. She said, how come nobody ever told me that? She said, how come ain't nobody ever told me? And uh, I hope some of our people don't get mad, but uh, we go to these traditional churches and think that tradition and getting baptized, baptized, and everything else is going to get us to heaven. No, it's through Jesus Christ. And uh, my grandma asked Jesus Christ, to come in her heart, she's 94 years old. I said, Grandma, can you hold on for a minute? I start running up and down the hallway, going crazy, (laughs) and people start coming out of their dorm room, and say, man, what's wrong with you, man? I said, my grandma just got saved, Amen. 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 amen! Two weeks later, I got a phone call from my dad. Yeah, you guessed it right. My grandma passed away. 94 years old. And I got to share one more with you. My mom, uh, she's a bitter, bitter lady. I had a bad accident. She's in a wheelchair now. Can't walk. Real angry at the Lord. I was sitting in a garage. I try to go see my parents in California as often as I can. It gets a little costly sometimes. But uh, I went to see my mom. This was just last year. And uh, (laughs) she likes to sit down in the... <laughs> in the garage. And uh, she said, Baby, let's go sit in the garage. I said, Okay, Mom, I'll, I'll wheel you out there and uh, open up the garage door. And she just likes to get some sun rays, you know. And uh, I said, Mom, how you doing? I said, Mom, I said, Mom, why are you so angry and why are you so bitter sometimes? Every time I talk to you, you're angry. And she said, Well, your God put me in a wheelchair and, and your God crippled me and I can't walk anymore. And I said, Mom, you know, there's a reason for everything, and God God didn't do that. God might have allowed it, but God didn't do that, Mom, and, and it seems like every time, and even with us, every time something uh, horrific or bad happens in our life, we get mad at who? Yes, sir. It's not always God, and if it is, maybe he's trying to teach you something, just like with me. And so I started talking to her about the Bible a little bit, and... Uh, my, my mom opened up. I'm like, whoa. Man, I'm going crazy right now. I said, man, my mom's listening to me. Man, I got my New Testament out. Shame on me. I don't have it right now. Got my New Testament out. I said, mom, let, let's fix this today, okay? Let's let's just talk about some things. And I got to give my mom the plan of salvation, and I, I try to go over it thoroughly and make sure she understood it. And I said, mom, I said, you lost a son, and you lost a daughter in a tragic, tragic accident. And I said, don't you want to see them someday, Mom? She said, I sure do, baby. I said, Mom, well, this is the way to do it right here. Did you ask Christ to come in your heart and save her? I said, Mom, would you like to do that? She said, I'll do that right now. Would you help me? And my mom sweetly asked Jesus Christ hey. to come into her heart hey. Hey. and save her. And I'm telling you the honest truth. She's a, she's a different person now. And, you know, all this is because I stuck, out, yes, stuck sir. it out. Yes, sir. Oh. You know, folks, it's easy to quit. Yes, sir. Yeah, easy. Anybody can be an old quitter, yes, sir. Yes. But it takes a lot to say, hey, you know what? I'm just going to stay by the stuff, yeah. and I'm going to be faithful. Hey. Hey. I could stand up here and, and, and tell you story after story after story after uh, many times when I wanted to quit. I said, you know what? I ain't got time for that. You know, all the people that invested in me and invested in you, you know, i I got to pay some people back. Yes, sir. And uh, I'm just telling you, Brother Hooker, I want to tell you publicly, I love you with all my heart, sir. Uh, and your wife, your precious wife, and your family, thanks for investing in me. You know, I, I was, I was, when I was in my church, I was the only black kid in my church. And yeah, I could tell you some stories about that one. But, uh, you know, they didn't think a little black Jello was going to much That's my nickname, Jell-O. Uh, <laughs> You know, Angelo, you call me Jello. But uh, they didn't think I was going to make it. There was 10 of us, Brother Hooker, that came to Hollis Anderson College in 82. Brother Angelo was the only one. I'm not bragging and I'm not trying to toot my horn. I just decided that I was going to be faithful. And I just decided that I was going to hang in there. And through, it's been 35 years now, I, I got less hair and more weight, but I'm hanging in there, amen? Come on, help me now.
0: Thank you, Lord. I just wanted to to hear this story. You can go to Psalm chapter seventy-eight. Now, the truth is is that the reason that somebody can stand up here and give stories of winning people to Christ, and especially. Tender stories like loved ones is because, just point blank, our message tonight, time's going to be short. It's we're not focused on ourselves. That's right. Come on. We're focused on somebody else. And you know, honestly, folks, we would win more people to Christ if, if we really just got focused on the fact that there's a lot of other people in this world that are hurting. Right. And it's not about me. You know the the thing that's killing us—not I don't mean us here, but but we're part of this old world—is just we just get so focused, self-focused on all of our our issues and our problems. But I'm gonna go to Psalm 78 verse 14. Look, Psalm 78 verse 14, 78 14 says, "In the daytime also he led them with a the cloud, and all the night with the, with the light of fire." He clave the rocks in the wilderness, and he gave them drink out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore, the Lord heard this and was wroth, and so a fire. Was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in His salvation, though He had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven, and had rained down manna upon them to eat, and had given them of the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food, and he sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in heaven, and by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust, and feathered fowls like the sand of the sea. He let it all fall, and he let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitation. So they did eat and were well filled, for he gave them, notice this, their own desire they were not estranged from their lusts, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them, and smote down the chosen men of Israel. For all this they sinned still, and believed not for his wondrous works. Therefore their days did he consume in vanity, and their years in trouble." Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless, Please, Holy Spirit of God, guide me in just a few minutes that we have. But Lord, thank you for the testimony, Brother Angelo. Thank you uh, for the privilege of, uh, of being able to know people like this and Lord, to be uh, influenced by them. And Lord, I pray that we would all uh, be influenced by the testimony here tonight. Lord, please guide my mind, my thoughts. I yield myself to thee in Jesus name. Amen. This is this gonna be really, really brief, and I'm gonna to try to make it real clear and direct. But many years ago, Joe Beth and I began a journey of faith. And I and I want to just explain to you this journey was not an easy one, just like Brother Angelo just said. It's not easy. You know, folks, you know serving God's not easy. Uh, doing something for God's not easy. You know, we've got uh, young, you know, young people who are getting ready to start college. I'm just tell you, Brother Angelo gave you the secret. Just don't give up. Don't quit, just keep going. Uh, It it, it will be hard. You're going to run into problems. The journey was not without doubts. There are times that you just, you think you can't go on. You wonder if you're ever going to make it. You wonder if you're going to get through this. But can I tell you, when you get to those doubts, you still go on. The journey was at times a struggle to see what God was going to do in our lives. I mean, there's times you think, Lord, why are we going through all of this? And, And what benefit is it really? But God taught us many things. I'm going to just list these real quickly. Uh, just some things, and it's just a little hint. This is mostly about faith, but faith is not faith until you cannot see the solution. Okay? When you keep going, when you can't see that, the solution, but you know God has, has told you to go, then you just keep going. The life of faith is a growing life. Did you understand that? Look, you may not have what you, you know, you may struggle and think, man, I just don't have that kind of faith. Well, nobody did when they started. You got to start someplace. Just start right now growing in faith. Now, number three, God does not increase what He is doing until you appreciate what He's already done. It's amazing what God does for us now compared to, look, Back then, just, just to get a quarter for a cup of coffee was miraculous, okay? And it was incredible, but, you know, we've grown. I, I've told so many people that come to me after I preach and, you know, some messages on faith, and they'll come to me, and, and I've had them back in the college, Brother Angelo, Brother Jesse, they'll come and they'll say, I want to do what you do. I want to live like you do. I want to step out in faith. And i say, you can't. You know you got teenage kids. You got you've been working two jobs. You got all your bills based on two and three incomes. I said you can't live like we have lived. You got to start where we started. You got to back up, man. You can't just bam and jump into where we are when we've been going twenty and twenty-five years living this way. Now, God is never early, never late, but always on time. Boy, I'm telling you what he. Uh, He will stress you to the gills on that one. And then, come on now, Lord. Uh, This is due. This is right. We got to, what's happening? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And he said, it's going to be there when you have to have it. God will supply, number five, God will supply your every need, not your every want. Number six, God gives and withholds for our good according to his wisdom. Do you hear what I just said? God gives you and he withholds from you according to his will, according to his wisdom. Now, here's the truth that I want to try to get across here tonight in the few minutes we have. Number seven. The problem of life is not that God will not take care of you. It's whether you're satisfied with how he takes care of you. Just a simple truth, but i 'm going to tell you uh, the reason Angelo is able to stand up here and after those years and after that long time and after and look i 'm telling you it was not easy for him coming in eighty two and i don 't know when you when you graduated but listen i he had to hang on for a long time, and it wasn't easy, and it wasn't easy for and look we we went through I was with them when we went through some rough times we went through some tough times, and i don 't mean just i mean when everybody was going through some tough times when it is a it was, it, was, it was hard. But, but I'm telling you, the, the fact is, is the problem of life is not that God will not take care of you. It's whether you're satisfied with how he takes care of you. And here's where the real problem is. The reason we don't do more for God and don't reach more people for Christ is we're too focused on what is God doing for me. And we're too focused on what has he done for me and whether I'm happy with what he's done. Listen, listen to me. God will feed you if you'll just be satisfied with what he gives. Amen. Amen. Psalm 78, 22 through 25. We just read, it says, Because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation, though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food, and he sent them meat to the full. God fed them But what he fed them was not good enough for them. That's what this passage is talking about. God gave them angels food and they're griping, can God give us meat? Okay, well, so he brought water out of a rock, but can he really bring us food? Can he really bring us meat? How many times will we do that? Listen, you know, we don't appreciate what God's done. So many times God has provided. He's taken care of us. He's been miraculously provided for us. But we're in there griping and complaining because it's not what we wanted. It's not the way we want it. It's not. Look, it's just. Well, okay. I'm speaking in tongues. This is the height of ungratefulness. When God supplies all, that, all, but you're not satisfied with what he supplies, that's the height of ungratefulness. We mock God when we question his ability and when we question his love for us and his provision for us. And when, when we look and we're griping and complaining when God has provided for us, listen, the, the folks, some of, we're simply in trouble because we had to have things we didn't need. There's this, there's this story, this, this uh, uh, American businessman went out to, uh, to an island someplace, and I don't remember the whole story, and I hope I can remember it right, but they, he went out to this island, and he, he saw a little, a little man, lived in a village there, and he was fishing, and he came in, and he came in with a load of fish. And, and the guy uh, walked over to him and thinking, man, he's got kind of, you know, that's not much fish for fishing all day. You know, maybe, you, str- you know, just working for hours and hours. And he said to the, to the man, he said, he said, how long did it take you to catch those fish? And, and the little man said, not long. He said, well, not long. He said, well, then, then why didn't you stay out there longer? What are you, you going to do now? He said, well, he said, I've got enough. I've got enough to eat. And he, said, and he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to take it to my family and my family's going to eat. He said, then what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to spend time with my family. I'm going to take a siesta with my wife. I'm going to play with my kids. And he said, and he said then what are you going to do? He said, well, then later in the evening, he said, I'm going to go talk to my friends. And, I'm gonna, and he said, I'm going to enjoy my life. And the man said, look, sir, he said, I can help you. He said, now, here's what you do. You go out longer during the day, and you fish for more. You get more. You'll get more money. You can buy more boats. You can hire more people, and you can build a business. And he said, and what you do is you build it and build it. And he said, why? He said, because you'll become rich. And he said, Why? He said, because if you get rich, then one day you'll, you'll have a lot of money and you can do whatever you want to do. And he said, well, what am I going to do? He said, well, you could go retire someplace on some island, some little village, and you could enjoy <laughs> That's exactly right. doing what he's already doing. You know what? That's our problem. God's already given us His blessed life, but we just got to have everything else that's going to make it all good you have you heard me tell you about my buddy he, and and he is he's a he's a great guy. He's been so good to us, but he's always every time I see him I think uh, somebody's going to bring up something about you know some a boat or a fishing tackle or hunting gear or something and he'll just say you know maybe we go uh, you know we've been hunting and fishing together several times we'll go get you know get some equipment I never buy it I just go with him so he'll buy stuff for me but but uh, but um but I go in there, and, 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 and you'll see something really nice. And I say, "Whoo, man, it'd be nice to have that. And he said, yeah, if we get that, then we'll be happy. You know what? Uh, it's because that's all it is. It's always i got to have something else. Something else. Something else. The, verse 19 says, yeah, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock. That the water's gushed out, and the streams overflowed. But it, look. It is a, this miracle, they just the miracle of getting the water. And then he says, Can he give bread also? He can make water come from a rock. Uh, but can he give bread also? Yeah, and then they throw their own in. Uh, oh, can he provide flesh? Well, maybe God don't want you to have flesh. Maybe he don't want you to have flesh. We're struggling faith when we feel we deserve more than God has provided. We struggle in faith when God does not give us what we want when we want it. When we went to, uh, to Bible college, and this is where we kind of tied together. When we went to Bible college, we got there in 1982, in January of 82. God provided every need. Every need. But I don't know that we, in three and a half years, ever had a stake. I'm not sure we had bologna a whole lot. but we always had something to eat. For a while, six weeks I didn't have a job, and then after the first six weeks, and when our money was completely gone, but isn't it amazing, our money's completely gone, but I never missed a school bill. Never failed to pay my rent. We didn't have hardly anything, but we always had something to eat. So I got after six weeks, I got a job at McDonald's. They paid me $170 a week, and I got to pay my rent, my utilities, my school bill. I got to do all that $170 a week, and they work me 70 plus hours a week. They put me on salary so they could do that. $170 a week, 70 plus hours a week, and here's the benefit, though. What well, you know, Jesse and you said this to me. Hey, I just got to work. You know what? You think, well, you say, you know, if you're not going to make any more than that, might as well not work. No, bless God, I wanted to work, and I wanted to do something. I wanted to get some money, and, and, and look, it was, it was helping us, and the truth was we were able to pay the bills, but we didn't have money for food, but that's okay. You know what God did? The kids at McDonald's that I was working with, and I was, on, you know, I was like 27, and these were all 17, 18-year-old kids, and, and, but here's what they did for the preacher. They had, you can only leave that McDonald's sandwich in there for so many minutes and you got to throw it away. Well, they had, they were supposed to throw it in the garbage. Well, they had a garbage can for McDonald's and they had a garbage can for me. And they took this stuff out and they would take it when the, they would throw it in that one. And then they had to throw it away so they would take it out and put it in the dumpster and have it marked. So I would hit that dumpster as soon as we closed, I'd grab that sack and I'd take it home. And we take all those little things. And my wife, she scraped off those McDonald's hamburgers and she made hamburger helper out of it. She made spaghetti out of it. She, it don't make no difference what you make out of it. It still tastes like McDonald's. <laughs> Two and three and four kids. That, that's not the best. One time the, the donut shop, closed down in front of us, and then and, and they came over, and I came home, uh, going to get ready to go to work, and it be, uh, between school and work, and I saw this guy carrying out 50-pound sacks of donut mix. And he's carrying out, and he's throwing these 50-pound sacks of donut mix in the, in the dumpster. So I, re, I, I, I wait till he walked away because, you know, I didn't want to see him. I, I went out there and climbed in that dumpster, and there was three, a three 50-pound sacks of donut mix and a sack, a 25-pound sack of, of cinnamon sugar. We took that, I I grabbed it, took it home. And listen, for about six months, we ate pancakes from donut mix. That'll spoil you. You don't want any other kind of pancakes. She made the syrup out of the cinnamon sugar. Hey, listen, unhealthy ain't good for you, but here's what you do. God, you provide it. You bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. And God works some kind of miracle in there. But I'm just telling you, listen to me, I praise God that I had a little wife that didn't get frustrated and didn't get angry. We need to have this, and we need to have that. Why can't we have, hey, we don't have to have it. Be appreciative of what God supplies. After being hired, I could have worked A couple of nights a week and on Saturday and I would have made more just by working four hours a night on two nights a week. And on Saturday, if I had worked those days, I could have made more than what I made at the college full time. But here's the problem. If I did that, if I did that, I couldn't work in the ministry and that's what God called me to do. And because I made the decision not to do that, one year after I started to college, God allowed me to to become the director of the sailor ministry. I would have never even been in that ministry if I'd taken the job on Saturday. Do you, just what I'm trying to tell you, I'm not telling you to tell you that you, that you shouldn't work on Saturday. What I'm trying to tell you is is that what God does, let's be happy with it. What kind of car God gives you, be happy with it. Any kind of piece of thing that would run that somebody would give us, I was happy with. Anything that would keep going. Uh, look, my, my best car, when we moved up there, we moved up in January. We didn't know they, they plowed snow. We never had snow deep enough to plow. It never hung around laying there. And we, we parked our Volkswagen over in the corner of the parking lot. They buried that joker. This is in January. They buried our Volkswagen. You say, when did you get it? We got it in May. It was a mountain of snow over there. We got it in May. But listen, run right out to it. Bless God, turn the key, crank right up. It was like it's in a little cocoon or something. But you don't have to have that. It didn't have heat in it. It didn't have windshield wipers. It worked. When I took uh, jo- uh, took Brooke to school when she was four years old to kindergarten, she had a scraper for the inside of the window, and I had a scraper for the outside. But God supplied our need. Amen. We get in so much trouble because we can't live like that. We got to have better. Hello, you just. Th- I've talked to so many people that say, we're we're going under. We're going to lose our house. I say, okay, well, here's what we do. Let's just sell it. We can't do that. Wait a minute. You're the one who just told me you're going to lose it. Now, if you lose it, you get nothing. You sell it, you get something. Hello? No, we can't do that. Well, what do you want me to do? You just told me you hadn't paid the bill. You hadn't paid in six months. They're going to take your house next month. So, watch this. What else can you do? But they won't do it. You know why? They're not satisfied. Let me, God never promised that you would own a house. God promised that, look, he's going to care for you. Having food food and raiment, therewith be content. Look, we lived four years with with two, three, four kids in a one-bedroom apartment. Hello? Why? God didn't tell us we'd have a three-bedroom apartment. He didn't tell us we'd have a house. He told, he told us he'd take care of us. And, and bless God, it was great the way he took care of us. Now, I'm just going to tell you, if you'll just be satisfied with what he does, it's amazing what he will do. But here's the problem. We jumped the gun on him. We're not satisfied with what he does, so we go out and get what we want. Anybody hearing me? I'm just begging you, don't get yourself in trouble because we got to have what we want. And so we go out and get what we want before God's ready to give it to us. No, he wants to find out, do you want him are you satisfied with the way he provides? Are you satisfied with what food he provides? Are you satisfied with what he provides you to drive? Are you satisfied with where he, he what what place he gives you to live? Are you satisfied with what God does for you? Are you content with it? And watch it, if you'll be content, it is amazing what God will do. I didn't go to work on 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 the nights and and, and the weekends. I didn't do that. I, I said we're gonna get, we're gonna serve God and, and listen to me. That's on ten thousand six hundred dollars a year, and this is not nineteen forty three, okay? This this is nineteen eighty five. We we. a year. I said, I'm not going to work more. I gave my life to God. I'm going to serve God. This is what he called me to do. And I'm not telling you everybody's been called to do what I did. But God called me, and he said I'd take care of you, and he did. He took care of us. Now watch this. Most people have been around that college for years and years and still renting places and renting, living in trailers and things, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in the first year that we were there, we bought a house. On $10,600 a year. It's crazy. We found an empty house in Maribel. I didn't find it. The man I worked with found it. He said, hey, come on over here. He said, I think we, we, this is the house you ought to get. I went over there. It was beautiful. Three-bedroom, uh, by level. Uh, it had a whole, you know, the whole bottom could be finished out. It was incredible. It was, it was huge to where we've been living. We went over there. We, uh, we couldn't find a sign. It was in the snow. Couldn't find anything. We did find an open window in the back. And uh, we went in and looked in. I thought, this is amazing. It's incredible. We finally searched out, found the bank that owned it. And the bank, watch this, the deal, the bank asked us to move in. They asked us to move in. And if we would move in and just work on it and fix it up, we could live there free. We lived there free for six months while we were fixing it up. And then we then we wanted to buy it, and they wanted us to buy it. And, and you wouldn't believe this now. They they did everything. They... they they said, what what is your note on your van? My note on my van. I gotta have twenty three hundred dollars as a down payment. I gotta pay off my, my van, which was only like fifteen hundred dollars. I was paying a hundred bucks a month on the van. And 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 they came to me and said, After uh, somebody, watch this. This is what God does. A college student walked in and gave me 2300 dollars for the down payment. And and then I gave them the down payment, and they came to me and said, We well, you still don't qualify because you got the van, and they took they took Uh, $1,200 of my down payment, and they paid off my van. Do you understand? This is what the bank's doing. They took my down payment, paid off my van, and let my down, wash that washed out. And then they came and they said, you still don't qualify. I said, what else can we do? I got nothing. They said, well, can you get an increased income? I said, "It ain't going to happen. I know the college. I said, what else can we do? They said, the only thing is that the interest rates will drop. But I said, well, drop them. That's exactly what I said. Well, drop them. Do you know? Two days later, they dropped my interest rate, and we bought a house. Why? I give credit to that little lady back there. Why? Because she was satisfied with what God did. She was content with what God was doing. She was content to be in a, uh, in, in a one-bedroom house, one-bedroom apartment. That she was content to be there. She was content to bro- drive a broken-down car for. For years, she was content with whatever God supplied. She was content to take the, the, uh, a, a, a few slices of bread sometimes, and, and we'd send our kids to school sometimes with, with a slice of bread with mayonnaise on it. And That was her lunch. You say, oh, that's not right. Our kids are doing okay. They didn't starve to death. And what has God done for beyond anything that you could comprehend because he gave her me. You're supposed to say amen. No, I just thought I'd throw that in. God never promised us that he would give us what we want but what we need. In our dissatisfaction, God may give us what we want, but there may be a cost we would rather not pay. When we're not satisfied with what God does, And we just demand more. God may let you have more. He says, go ahead. Go ahead and buy that. Go ahead and get that. Go ahead and go in debt. Go ahead. It's going to cost you. I told my wife one time, I said, you know, I I, I learned this truth. Everything that we ever needed, God would pay for miraculously. But every time I jumped the gun on God, And I went after something that I just felt like we had to have. But we really didn't. He let me pay for. For years. He let me struggle and pay for it. As a reminder that I better just be satisfied with what he does. And he'll do it to you folks. Faith is understanding God will provide if we will accept and appreciate what he provides. God will provide more than we can ask or think when we are content and satisfied with what he's already given. Faithfulness is more than serving God because God does what we want. Faithfulness is to be happy and content with what God is doing. When we are faithful to do what he wants, it is amazing what he can and will do. You said, Brother Hooker, why are you preaching this? You know, I don't know sometimes... Where stuff lands, I don't know why God puts things on my heart. But I was already in my room finalizing this when my wife came to me and she said, "Got to hear Brother Angelo's story." And I realized this. Is it Lord, you see, folks, the reason that Angelo—and it's not just his mom and dad—he's that he's won. He won his mom and dad because they saw his faithfulness to God through adversity. They saw it was real. He won his mom and dad because God honored him because he's won hundreds, let me say thousands of mom and dads, other people's mom and dads. And can I know this? And he did a lot of it, driving a car that probably was not our pick of the parking lot. He did a lot of it when they would go home, and I'm sure we're in his family, that it was whatever we can get out of the cover, whatever we cans we got left, we're going to mix it up together. Why? Because he wasn't focused on him and what he had. He took the attitude, God will take care of me. What he wants me to do is try to take care of somebody else, help somebody else. That's what God put us, I believe, in this community, to help somebody else, to help somebody else, to win somebody else. And we will if we get focused on the need rather than the desire. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, thank you for the few moments that we've had.